Hi, this is Pastor Tim, and I'm always encouraged to hear what God is doing in your life. Now, if you have a story or a testimony to share regarding a miracle, please let me know at story at citylifefw.org. That's story at citylifefw.org. Hey, I'm looking forward to hearing your personal story soon. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see you. And happy post-Thanksgiving. God bless you. You guys can have a seat. And while you're uh, you're having a seat today, I want to thank the uh, the, the the worship team and the band for flexing a lot today. Uh, thank you, Vince and Krisha, for taking the lead today. But uh, we we suffered a first. Uh, we experienced a first in our congregation this past week. Um, uh, Joe Cardness, who sits right over here to my left, um, been with us for several years. He passed away unexpectedly uh, this last week, and. Um, my heart goes out to, to Joe. Um, I'm going to miss him. I'm just going to miss him. He always, always had the brightest, most generous, loving smile. His wife, Paula, um, along with his son-in-law and daughter, uh, Jordan and Jana Crisson. That's why Jordan's not here with us today. They're, they're together. I told them just to stay home and and spend some time together as a family. <clears throat> uh, but I'm asking you guys, if you were, if you will, uh, come out tomorrow night. Um, Paula's going to be here, Jordan and Jan, and we're going to have a family visitation and a viewing at 6 o'clock right here. And then at 7 p.m., if you can't make it at 6, it's okay, but at 7 p.m. we'll have a memorial service uh, in honor of Joe celebrate this man who is really just a very, very special part of us, yet flew under the radar, but anyone who knew him definitely, definitely loved Joe. And he's going to be missed. He's going to be missed. If there are any of you, I I know they're planning to do a, uh, like a, a dinner afterwards for family and guests and stuff like that. If any of you are able to help with this, because a lot of this is coming together last minute, uh, with with a meal or something or food, uh, Betsy, Betsy, are you around in here right now? Betsy, Betsy, Betsy Collins, uh, just just well, just uh, go to the. I tell you what, the best thing to do is just go over to the next and just tell them that you were you would like to be uh, uh, you'd like to help out, and, and someone will let you know what to do. But we'll be pulling a lot of this together today. Can we can we just pause and pray for Paula? Um, pray for Jordan and Jana. Uh, this this is a tough time. This this wasn't expected. Let's pray. God, we lift up Paula to you. This wonderful, wonderful woman of God who worshipped you with her heart and her soul. <laughs> she's without her husband today, and I know she's hurting. She misses him a lot. I pray that you'll just comfort her. Uh, Comfort Jana. She lost her daddy. 
comfort Jordan. Give him strength and encouragement as well. Blessing of God, the peace of God sweep into their home right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like for you to go ahead and get your Bibles. Get some notes out. Open your Bibles up to the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 15. Romans 15, verse 13. Hold that because I'm going to show you something there in that passage uh, near the end of the message today. Um, but I, I did have a terrific Thanksgiving, and I, I hope yours was good. Um, <clears throat> mine was low-key. It's, uh, it was relaxing, and it was refreshing, just the way I enjoy those types of holidays. We spent, uh, we spent three days in New Braunfels um, celebrating the holiday with Rebecca's dad, Mario, and she spent time uh, going through the house, and that was one of the, we knew this was going to be a time for us to do this, but she's packing up and removing clothes and personal items from her mother, uh, and it's now been about a year and a half since uh, her mother, Olga, Rebecca's mother, passed away. And, uh, but I just, I also want to say it's been a great time. Uh, we, we had a great time just seeing how much uh, Rebecca's dad has transitioned forward in his life. I am telling you what, this is a man of, of optimism, and he's full of life. He overflows with hope, and, and that just carries him. And, and I loved seeing that. I loved it. I loved listening to Mario's stories again. I, you know, it's, it's just fun just to listen to the stories, Mario's stories of being an immigrant in, uh, from Mexico and, and coming over here and getting his citizenship in the United States. He's so proud of that. And, and uh, we, we were even watching TV like The Wizard of Oz was on and 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 we didn't watch it, it was just like like five minutes of it and and he said yeah I remember seeing that at the theater and so of course that's going to make us jolt it's like wait wait at the theater oh, he says yeah it was watched it at the theater in Monterey when I was a little boy Monterey Mexico and it was all it was in Spanish like oh my goodness it's so cool listening to his stories of his young adult years and and uh Working at uh, the, this print shop in San Antonio, printing Christian literature in Spanish, and uh, told told a story that I'd never really heard before, but told about how a printing machine crushed his leg and basically almost severing his foot. It was in the fifties, <laughs> and he he showed us the scars. Never really seen the scars before, but he showed us the scars that that are on his body from about sixty years ago, and he's just laughing and talking about how he rebounded, and it was, that was just a miracle. And when he told us the details, like there, that, that was a huge miracle. You know, we talked about current events, we talked about culture, we, we talked about the history of Thanksgiving, but uh, some of our very best conversations were about Jesus and the scriptures and his Spanish-speaking church that he faithfully pastors at the age of 85. I'm proud of my father-in-law. Um, not because he's doing all that, just because of who he is. He loves God with all of his heart, and he's happy, and he's a contented man. You know, a lot of times holidays, or there'd be birthdays, anniversaries, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas especially, they, they can be difficult for those who have lost a family member, uh, and, uh, and I'm just happy to see how Mario has taken great strides in moving forward with it because he just does it with style and smiles and grace. 
reason he can do that, the reason Mario can do that is because Mario has hope. Mario has hope for eternity. He has hope that he will see his wife, Olga, again. My simple challenge to you today is this, is for you to choose the way of wisdom. Because Jesus is your mystery key to hope. He is. We were resting in the joy of being with Mario for Thanksgiving when I got that message from Jordan Croissant uh, letting me know that Joe Cardenas, his father-in-law, suddenly and unexpectedly passed away, and Rebecca and, and I, we were shocked, and we were moved to sorrow as we attempted to minister over the phone uh, to Paula and to Jordan and to Jana, and just a lot of tears. It was hard to even talk back and forth, and, you know, questions like, you know, why now? <laughs> uh, he, he had beat cancer. And he was examined on, on Tuesday, cancer-free. Your body is great. Why now? Why? And then why at Thanksgiving? Why so sudden and unexpected? And I'm just thinking, is this true? Am I going to wake up tomorrow? And it's, it's just like, Joe, Joe can't go yet. I know those aren't just my thoughts, but those were things that Paula and Jordan and Jan were feeling as well. And it was about 11 o'clock that night, and... Wednesday night, and uh, John fourteen twenty seven just kept going over and over and over in my mind, and so I, I just texted the three of them this scripture, and just as a little of an encouragement, and which was helpful for me to even say it and give it out because it ministered to me too. It's where Jesus said, "Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. Do not let your tro- hearts be troubled." And do not be afraid. You know, we, 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 all go th- we all go through dark times of different, different, different types. And, and those are times when we question things, right? Yeah. It's time when there's stress and pain, sickness, loneliness, confusion. And those things just seem to be monopolizing in our lives. And, and, uh, and, and those things, we all hit those times. We all do. And I really believe, though, that the enemy is diligently working against us, not just to cause problems or challenges, but to rob us of hope. Because if he can get our hope away, he wins. <laughs> He's trying to get our hope more than anything else. That's why Jesus said in John ten ten, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have life to the full. See, because if Satan can steal your hope when you're down and kill your optimism and destroy your faith, then he's got the victory. And I'll tell you what, I'm a pastor. And I'll just tell you the truth. I am not about to stand by and let the enemy do that into your life. That's why I'm standing up for you today and encouraging you. That's why I preach Jesus around here because Jesus Christ is truth and he is hope in the flesh and he came to give you life and life to the full. Jesus is all about truth. Jesus is all about hope. We're moving toward Christmas and uh, we all tend to have high expectations of the Christmas season, don't we? We kind of go into it like, okay, it's going to be good. And I, I was examining my calendar and all the things coming up and, and uh, just looking at all of the little celebrations and church services and times that I know there are going to be a lot of other times. There'll be impromptu times with friends and family. And, and, uh, but, but, I, but I'll also tell you guys, and just, just to remind you that there's a plan from hell to try to derail that for you. 
and he's going to try to put hopelessness into your heart. He's going to try to drain every little bit of hope that's in your heart when something doesn't go quite right, or maybe something goes really wrong. But, but don't forget this. Jesus comes to bring you hope, and he also restores hope, even if hope is gone. And I, I, I just want you to make the pledge that no matter what happens, relationally, uh, physically, no matter what's going on economically, or, or, or even just, just, just in your emotions, make the pledge that you are going to run to Jesus, you're going to run to his hope this season. You know, if you look at the nativity scene, you'll notice something that's always a little interesting. You're you're to see you'll you'll see typically see a set of characters that just they they, they kind of look unlikely in that setting, and that's the wise men. They don't fit in, but we've grown accustomed to it and we're used to it. It's like yeah, that's just the way way it works. But but when you just kind of look at that scene, if you didn't know the story and you looked at it, you'd say those guys are really really out of place. I mean, they're wearing these flashy clothes, they have these extravagant gifts, but for me, I think the wise men is part of the most fascinating, fascinating element of the uh, Christmas story. We don't really know very much about them. We don't know uh, who they are or who they were. We don't know exactly where they were from. The, the Bible just basically calls them by a term called the Magi. Magi were a combination of philosophers and scientists and astronomers. And, and these guys were, uh, were quite wealthy. They were extremely well-educated. And that's all we know about them. And they were there. Bam. <laughs> but, but we do know this much. They were wise in fact, we can learn a lot about wisdom, the wisdom that they display in the Christmas story and apply it to our own lives. In fact, one of the lessons from the wise men is that we should be seekers of truth also, just like they were. See, wise people are never satisfied with guesses or speculation. You know what? You're going to go after truth, and that's what this is about here. It's about truth. This is not about speculation. See, the wise men, they were seeking Jesus, who is truth and hope in the flesh, and they understood that, and they knew that, and that's why they pursued him and came so, so far. And they didn't have the opportunity to hop on a jet or take a train <laughs> or drive in a car. See, really, in life, there are two kinds of people. There are people who are speculators and people who are seekers when it comes to truth. And the speculators, what they want to do is they make guesses about the truth. They, they make guesses about God. Speculators uh, think they like to know things about God, and they like to think a lot <laughs> and talk a lot, a lot, a lot, and talk and talk and talk. Speculators, speculators they love to argue about God. Uh, but really what they're doing is they're just guessing. They're guessing about what they, they uh, really don't want to know about Jesus being truth. So they just want to talk about him. On the other hand, there are seekers. And God pours out his blessing, his blessings of peace and his blessings of hope on those who really take time to find the truth, who seek after, who really ask the questions and who study and, and watch what's happening around them and, and, and does whatever it takes to find the answers and jumps into the word of God to seek those things. You see, if you're, gener if you, if you're genuinely uh, serious about discovering truth, then you're going to find it because God won't let you down. God will make sure that you find that truth. And the mystery key to the truth is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus even says, I am truth. I'm telling you guys, Jesus is unlike any other man who ever lived. Jesus was 100% God, yet at the same time, 100% human. That means that Jesus can identify with humans, us, me and you, in every way. 
See, when Jesus came to this earth, he never stopped being anything less than God, uh, but he put aside his divine power to live as a human being. So what you feel, he felt. Jesus, our God, knows what it's like to live on this earth and to live in this skin. And I'm telling you guys, that's good news. That's why we choose Jesus. That's why we pursue Jesus. When when it feels like the wheels have fallen off in your life, we just keep going because Jesus is a hope. It's like Jesus is a choice and hope is also a choice and and that works together. We choose Jesus. We choose hope. So when those negative thoughts start running through your mind, what are you going to do? I mean, do you really want to overcome pessimism and scarcity and victimization and doubt in your life? I mean, are you ready to say along with me, no more to hopelessness? Because hope is a choice. And it's time to change your outlook about what's ahead and what you've experienced. And your hope, it's all wrapped up in one person and it's Jesus. And just like the wise man, if you also just tenaciously pursue Jesus and you, and you aggressively pursue hope, you're going to see breakthroughs begin to happen in your life. And like Peter, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost after he had been filled with the Holy Spirit, he confidently said this, I love it. He said, nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out. (laughs) I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Look at that. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Now, the land I live in is Texas. I'm a Texan. I own a piece of Texas. And and, uh, my identity, in a sense, comes from the place where I dwell, but spiritually, I pitched my tent in the land of hope. And so I don't know, I, I can't call myself a, ho- a hopeson, you know, a Texan, a hopeson, but, but I am, I'm a hopeson, I really am, above a Texan. I choose to be a man of hope, just like I chose to live in Texas. I choose to be a man of hope, regardless of the surprises that are going to come around the corner tomorrow. Hey guys, hope doesn't mean that your life is perfect. But hope is a defiance against negativity in your own life. See, hopelessness, it's continual pessimism, and hope is optimism. The wise men, they were optimistically pursuing truth. As I was browsing through Joe's Bible, very worn-out Bible yesterday, um, I came across so many things that just spoke of hope and optimism and Truth be told, in, in all honesty, I started thinking back. I, I, I never heard, I never heard a critical or negative word come out of his mouth ever, ever. Now, I'm not saying he didn't, but his wife vouched for that too. She's like, so after he gave his life to Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was a different man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what? He pitched his tent in the land of hope. Paula told me that. Every day, Joe would wake up at 4 a.m. She said he would spend two hours in the scriptures and in prayer, sitting in that chair right there. She said, what a legacy for us. Who's going to sit in that chair now? Going through his Bible, I found this prayer that was written. I want to read it to you. It says, Father, thank you for another day to praise you. 
I commit my words to you today. I, knowing my words have creative power and I will use them to speak life and victory. I choose to speak good things over my life and bless my future. I declare this is going to be a good day and I have God's favor. You are directing my steps and you have a bright future for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Are you, are you willing to pray prayers like that? Are you willing to pursue Jesus? The key to hope? Will you make the choice? Because hope is a choice. I'm declaring in this room, this message was prepared before Joe passed away. But I, in all due respect for Joe, it's time to change your outlook. Hope knows that the God of truth will set things straight. Hope declares that God has the last word. Hope says we will win in Jesus. And Jesus is the God of more than enough for your life. See, hopelessness is a scarcity mentality, but hope is an abundance mentality. Hopelessness makes us feel like we're victims of the culture or we're, or we're, we're victims of the economy or victims of the company or even victims of the weather. <laughs> but, but hopelessness what that does is it, is it pushes us away from God because it keeps us from, uh, from believing that God will actually come through for us in the end. See, hopelessness really is godlessness. Next time you say, I feel hopeless, pursue God because hopelessness is godliness, godlessness. Hear me well. I just feel my heart. Some of you have been saying that. You are not godless. You are not. Pursue God. See, hopelessness says, well, we're just kind of exist for ourselves and in the den we just die and go away because hopelessness is actually the opposite of everything Jesus comes to give us. So I'm asking you to choose optimistic hope in God's abundance. Again, Joe was probably one of the most optimistic, hopeful people I've known. I didn't know this, but he carried his Bible everywhere to work, <laughs> to the store. I mean, Paula would say, what do you bring in the Bible for? He goes, I'm just going to bring it with me. We're just going to the store. <laughs> Looking through the Bible, I also found this amongst many, many other things. Nothing's too hard for God. I, I just wonder how many times he looked at that as he was sitting in his chair in the morning and allowed even those words to renew his hope. Hey guys, hope is a choice and it's time to change your outlook. Will you, with me, walk out of personal doldrums and seek Jesus, your God of hope? Will you choose hope and change your outlook? There's this unknown ancient Middle Eastern songwriter who wrote these words. He says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I have put my hope. I love that place where it says, my whole being waits. And that, doesn't, that word wait doesn't mean just sitting around. That's, an, that's, a, that's a participatory, eager anticipation of doing everything you can. You see, it's my whole being, that means like every cell in your body and your, your mind and your emotions and your, your, your spirit, all of you, you are, your whole being is, is passionately pursuing hope. 
See, that actually shows us how much effort needs to be put into our pursuit of hope. Your whole being. You got to choose to do it. Because the other, you don't even have to think about it. It'll just happen to you. See, hope is a choice, and it's time to change your outlook. Open your Bibles now to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And I want to show you this last scripture. Because Paul states this as he was writing to this church in Rome, Christians in Rome. Look at it. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want us to leave that up there for a second and take a look at that now. Okay, the God of hope, that's my God. That's my God, okay? And when I pursue the God of hope and when I trust in him, what he does is he lives in me and he fills me up. And therefore, because the God of hope comes into me, fills me up, I begin to overflow with God. I overflow with what? Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That means the spirit of God is in you. And there's so much of God in you because you're pursuing it and you're, you're, and you're trusting in him. It just begins to overflow out of your life. See, a cool thing about this is Paul wrote this to first century Romans. And I know that Paul was extremely selective uh, regarding the words he chose to use in his different writings and in different cultures. Um, and in this case, he was writing to Rome, and something interesting had happened in Rome immediately prior to the writing of this passage of Scripture. You see, in, in Rome, there was this temple that housed this idol. The idol was the goddess Hope. And right around this time, that temple had been struck with lightning and the, 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 uh, the temple burned to the ground, completely destroying the idol. The idol was nothing more than a heap of ashes. Hope became ashes. See, hope became ashes. So when, when his readers were, were looking at this, they knew exactly what they were talking, what he was talking about, what he was referring to about God being the God of hope. Because he's saying, God of hope comes into you and fills you up and you give it away. It's so much more than the useless ash heap of the goddess hope. I'm telling you guys, if there's anything that is destructible in your life that you're putting hope in, please know this, you're putting your hope in ashes. But when you put your hope in the God of hope, he fills you with himself, and which is hope. That's him. And you begin to overflow with, let's just call it Holy Spirit hope. And when you're full of Holy Spirit uh, hope and it's overflowing, and, you know, whenever people get around you, they're going to get infected with that hope that just keeps coming out of you. In fact, I believe that our hope grows even in ourselves when we pour hope into other people around us. That's the beauty of this thing. It's like the more hope you give away, the more hope you get. And it's true. And it works, and I know it does. It's time for us to stop being controlled by life's negative circumstances. Refuse to let the enemy rob you and steal you of your hope because hope is a choice and it's time, it's time, it's time to change your outlook today before we move into this Christmas season. I'd like for everyone for just a moment to close your eyes and focus internally. You might be here today and hearing this message that I'm sharing and realizing that you don't have the God of hope living in you. 
You've never really surrendered your life completely to Jesus. Possibly some of you have drifted from your relationship with God and your the hope is gone. Hopelessness, godlessness. But now it's time to change. It's making a choice. The way to respond is to say, I, I, I want that. I want that new beginning. I want that, Pastor. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to let me know simply by raising your hand. And understanding this is that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. And he died for you so that you can have a life. And today is your opportunity to live. And if you'd like to be included in my closing prayer to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to lift your hand at the count of three so that I can see it and connect my faith with yours. And then we will pray together. Is that you? Come on. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Yes. Who else? Who else? Yes. Who else? Yes. You can put your hands down. Church, I, I'm going to ask you, if you lifted your hand, and, and all the believers as well, please stand with me. Everyone stand all across this room. If you lifted your hand, I want you just to lock yourself in with Jesus right now. And I want you to pray these words with me. Church, I want you to pray these words with me as well as a reaffirmation of your faith and as encouragement to those around you who lifted their hands today. This is a big step because God's filling people with hope. Come on, pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the son of God. (laughs) Please forgive my sins for it's time for me to live. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. You know, City Life Church, we are all about developing followers of Jesus who influence and shape culture. And it's possible that you are even feeling a a shift that is coming in your life, or possibly deep down inside you feel called to something more, and City Life might be a part of that future. Let me tell you, Launch Sunday is the big event that's coming up, and it's happening on February 10th, 2019. And if you'd really like to be a part of what God is doing in downtown Fort Worth through City Life Church, I'm asking you to go and visit our website at citylifefw.org and click the launch button. Uh, You can also just come and visit one of our services because I I really believe the future is bright and it's limitless in potential. I want you to hear my vision. I want you to be a part of what God is doing at City Life and come and chat with me personally after one of the services.